Well, good morning. Good morning. Look at this. Yeah. Look at the house today. <laughs> oh, well. I want to say a prayer really fast before we get started. Father. Yes, Lord. Lord, you are God. You are our rock. You are our provider. You are our healer. Lord, and right now this nation and this world and this country and all the people and all the families and everybody that's native in the lands, Lord, there is a, a virus that is out there, Lord, and we are asking you to come in and to smash it out, Lord, to put it out, Lord, to stop it in its tracks, Lord God. We pray your protection and healing and love on all those right now, Lord, who are affected, who have been affected, who have lost loved ones, who are not doing well, those who are in the hospital. This, all these people, Lord, we lift them up to you right now in your healing power that you restore and you redeem. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I mean, I came in this morning and uh, I thought, how many people are going to be here today? You know, COVID is greatly affecting our community, our work, our friends, and our church family, our fellowship. COVID is really affecting our way of life. And, um, you know, I just, uh, it, it's been on my heart to pray that. Um, well, so let me go with some announcements since we're a little uh, light-handed today. Announcements are, we want to just continue to wish uh, Mark and Jill well in retirement. Uh, last week's sending off service with them was really nice. And uh, I was greatly encouraged and I love them very much. And Mark, again, will continue to be my mentor um, through my uh, licensing and through my uh, education. And so uh, I just want to lift them up. You know, we just continue to lift them up in prayer. And we're going to miss them. But Mark uh, will probably do some live things or things from the new place in Arizona. If I ever want any weekends off this year, I'm going to have to have Mark fill in probably. Or somebody. There because I go. said, wow, I think I just signed up for the next 52 Sundays with no, no time off. Um, and I did plan on taking a vacation this summer. So uh, anyways, uh, I just thought that was funny. Um, anything that we have going on in the house, listen, we ask you to continue to be faithful in your tithing and giving. Um, we have offering baskets right here. You can give online, uh, therivers.org. There's a click online to give. Uh, be faithful in that. Be faithful in your prayers. Be faithful in your fellowship. Be faithful in your attendance. Be faithful in all areas of our lives. So thank you. Uh, what else did I want to... Oh, 21 days of fasting and prayer. Um, so Foursquare as a fellowship whole every year does a 21-day fast. That begins on January 10th. That is tomorrow. Uh, very short notice. No, it's not short notice. It's drop the ball on my part because I'm like, okay, i got to find out what Foursquare is doing, what they want. There's an information link. You actually can go to foursquare.org and type in 21 day fasting prayer. This is a time for us to pray for what we would like God to do around here in our church family. That's pretty much what we're going to do. Uh, I challenge you in that for the next 21 days. Maybe, you know, obviously if you have dietary restrictions or, you know, you have certain things that you can't do. We're not talking about necessarily just fasting food and water. We don't want you to die. But you could fast social media, you could fast uh, television time. You know, if there's some area, it basically a time of fasting can be a time that you're giving up something that you would regularly partake in for no apparent reason other than just you do. Uh, you know, if it's, you know, I binge watched Cobra Kai, then you have no Cobra Kai for the next 21 days. 
You just have to wait. Johnny Lawrence and, 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 and Daniel Sutton can wait 21 days. But uh, I encourage you guys, and this is the time for us, honestly, guys, this is the time for us to pray over our church, pray over our church fellowship, pray over what God's going to do here in 2022, because I'm believing in big things, and I'm going to tell you why I'm believing in big things. Because I saw how instantly, in one week, we went under attack. Yes. This is an attack on the church. This COVID is an attack on the world, especially in the church. Because it wants to keep you away from church. It wants to keep you away from fellowshipping. And last week, when Pastor Rob was up here, he made a great statement, and I loved it, because he's like, ah, it doesn't matter if I say it, I'm going away. You know, it's like, you need to be here. This is where we need to be. Church at home is not fellowshipping. That's what he said, and, and I believe it to be true. Church at home is not fellowshipping. So, COVID is trying to destroy that. And so I just would like to encourage you guys to continue to be faithful in attendance. Obviously, again, if you're sick, or you don't feel well, or you've been exposed to somebody who's sick and not feeling well, and you, they might be experiencing COVID symptoms, we ask that you stay home that Sunday. You know, I will. I'll stay home if I don't feel well. So um, that's pretty much all that we had in announcements. Um, 21 days of fast. Okay, so moving right along, we don't have a worship music. We don't have uh, anything going on. I can't jump off the stage and hand off. But I did ask Joanne, uh, we're going to uh, partake in the Lord's communion today. We do that every first Sunday of the month. However, we didn't do it last Sunday because last Sunday was the commissioning service. So we didn't have uh, the time to try to do the communion. So we moved it to this week. Um, so uh, what we'll do is we're going to hand out the bread and the cup and just go ahead and hold on to those two items until, uh, until we pray and we take them together. Okay, for all those of you at home, I didn't try to disappear from the screen. I'm going to read a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. This is Paul speaking here. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And right now what we're doing is we've taken crackers. That's what we use today, crackers. We've broken these crackers up and we're spreading it out and we're doing just as we've been commanded here. He says in the same way he took the cup, In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat and drink this cup, 
You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Well, we know that in part with the Lord's death is the Lord's resurrection. And if you go all the way back, and this occurred, when the Lord did this, this occurred right after the Passover. During the Passover in Jerusalem. And he was in the upper room. And you see, the Passover was something that they had been celebrating since the exodus out of Egypt. Because in the first night of the Passover, they took the unleavened bread and they ate it. And they took the lamb and they took the lamb's body and they sacrificed the lamb. They took the blood and they put the blood on the doorposts. This bread represents that broken lamb. This cup represents that blood of Christ. This is representing that Christ died for our sins once and for all. The forgiveness of sins, salvation eternal. So, I'm going to pray over these items. Lord, I just thank you that we get to partake, Lord, in what you did for us over 2,000 years ago on that cross, Lord. And you commanded us, Lord, to do this as often as we drink the cup, Lord, to do this in remembrance of you. That we remember that this bread represents your body that was broken. And this blood represents the eternal salvation that you were the once and only sacrifice for all of our sin offering, Lord. We thank you in advance for what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for this communion, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may eat the bread and drink the cup. Well, that was my first uh, communion, unsupervised by Pastor Mark. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good job. Woo! We'll, uh, we'll work on those in the future. <laughs> okay, Mike, you can go ahead and hit record. Well, so um, we were going to start a series... We are starting the series. Uh, today's beginning is going to be Abram's journey. And what I was greatly encouraged by... Are we good, Mike? Yeah. Okay. I started recording right in the beginning. Perfect. No, that's perfect. So, so I put together this... Uh, in the beginning, I said, okay, we're going to start new year, new season. And that was what... Uh, when Mark came to me... When, when Mark originally said to me, we're going in this direction, we're retiring, here's pretty much what God's going to be doing... And so I thought to myself, you know, Mark said, hey, you, you might want to get a calendar going, you know, and, and um, I recently had completed a, a course through Western Ministry Institute, it's Foursquare's uh, Institute for Education, and it's through Life Pacific University down out of San Diego, and so I, I took this class, and the one class that I took was the Biblical Preaching and Teaching Seminar class, and so when you go into this class, you learn about preparing teaching calendars and, you know, having a season prepared and knowing what direction God's taking you in and, you know, praying and, and being prepared and knowing what God wants to do. So, so knowing that class and taking that class, the first thing that came to my heart was, here we go. Okay. 2022 new year, new season. And Mark asked me, do you want to do the second? Do you want to, do, do you want to, you know, start off on the second or do you want to start off on the ninth? What do you want to do? I said, new year, new season. We'll start off at the beginning of the year, January 2nd. So last week, was our commissioning service, and I put together this series, and it was going to be a five-week series on the life of Abraham. I'm going to let you know right now, the life of Abraham series is going to be quite longer than five weeks. Yeah. Amen. Which is good. 
Uh, I did a two-year series through Exodus, I want to say six or seven years ago, maybe longer than that. It was probably one of the, it was one of the most inspirational series that I ever listened to by any pastor I've ever heard speak. I'm talking two years, Sunday to Sunday to Sunday, of slowly mm. chewing wow. away at the entire book of Exodus. Mm. And... You almost felt like you were in the story. That was what that was what the pastor kind of did, and he had a lot of educational things. I mean, he, he must have spent a lot of time doing outside research other than what's in our biblical text, because he was, you know, oh, and on this book and on this person they wrote this and they found this and this scholar discovered this and this relates to this and and it was like it blew me away. And I said, and this is what I said when I heard that. I said, I want to be able to do something like that one day. Wouldn't that be amazing? To be able to share something like that one day with the church family. Amen. And so, we're not going to spend two years in Abraham. <laughs> but we are going to slowly go through Genesis. Because I told myself, okay, I'm going to do a five-week series on the life of Abraham. And the life of Abraham, that'll be five weeks. And then we'll move from Abraham to who? His son, Isaac. And then we'll, we'll, we'll look at Isaac for a while. New year, new season, new beginnings. And where does the beginning? Genesis, the Pentateuch. So it'll be the first book of the five books of the Pentateuch. So then I said, okay, well, we'll go from Isaac then to Jacob, right? And then Jacob's renamed Israel, and that's an amazing story. And then we'll fall into the life of Joseph. And Joseph is the original image of Jesus. Joseph is the original image of Jesus. Most people believe that Moses was the first image of Jesus, the Savior for those caught in bondage, and Moses very much was. But it was actually Joseph 400 years earlier when he was sold off into slavery to go to Egypt, and he became powerful there. And then the 11 tribes, the 11 brothers and his father Jacob, who was renamed Israel, were hungry during a famine, and he was their savior. They had to come there for food. And that's how all the Israelites ended up in Egypt. So I thought, new year, new beginning, let's go in this direction. So we're going to start with Abraham, because this is where it began. This is where the promise began. This is where the faith began. This is where our righteousness began, this blessing. So... So I, so I sat down, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this five-week series. And the first week is going to be called The Calling of Abraham. And then I looked at, you know, a few chapters that I wanted to work with. And I read those chapters, and right away when I read those chapters, I said, there's no way I could put all this information into one week. There is too much good stuff here. I said, this is like three weeks just for this one. And then I don't even know what the rest of them are going to look like because I haven't read them yet. I've read them, right? but I haven't read the text on what I want to go in the direction of what God's going to do. And, you know, all teaching, all scripture, it's all, it's all God-inspired. So I'm like, okay, God, what do, you, what do you want to show us? You know, and I showed up in the parking lot today. I showed up in the parking lot today. There was not one car here. Yeah. No one. When I get here every Sunday, Greg's here, Skip's here. The, you know, there's activity going on. I walked in here today, and, and it's really funny. So I'm going to tell you. The story of the penny. The story of the penny. When I say this, half the people I know are going to say, that's crazy. But I'm going to share this with you anyways. Every time over the past decade of my life, when I question what direction God is taking in my life, or I question what God's doing in my life, or I come to a strange crossing where I'm like, God, am I on the right path? I always believe 
that God lets me know I'm right where I want him, right where he needs me to be at exactly the right time, and I'm on will with him. And do you know why? Because I always look down and find a penny on the ground right at my feet when that thought crosses my mind. And I believe, this is where you're going to say I'm crazy, I believe that God somehow orchestrates angels to make sure these pennies are laying on the ground for me to find them in that exact moment. Because I walked across this parking lot today, and there was nobody here, and I got almost to the door to unlock it, and I was like, wow, no one's here, God. But I'm not going to look at nobody being here today because of COVID coming through the ranks or because, because of whatever. Anytime that we're up against a battle, that's a good place. If the devil doesn't want to have anything to do with us, if, we're, if, he doesn't, if he's not worried about us. You see, the devil's scared of what's going to happen in this church over the next year. Easy. So he's trying to like put fear in our minds on week one. Look, Chris, no one's here. Yeah. Go home. Go home. What had happened, you guys? I looked down on the ground, and right next to my shoe was this penny. And immediately, I just like I got teary-eyed. I took a picture, sent it to my wife. If you know, you know. She knows. You know, this is the penny. And I said to myself, when I picked that penny up, I said, "All right, God." And I smiled and I came to the church because I knew I'm right where God wants me to be at exactly the right time. And I know that God's going to do something. God's going to do something great. See, any time that you don't feel an attack from the enemy, that's when you should be scared. Because when the enemy's not attacking you, he's not attacking you because you're not a threat to him. You see, the enemy wants all Christians immobilized. Stay home. Do not preach the word anymore. You did enough. You got saved. You're going to heaven. Great. Go sit on your couch the rest of your life and do no work for God. That's the way he would like it to be. He would like you to go and accomplish nothing. But that's not what we're going to do. That's right. Amen? Yes. That's not what we're going to do. Right. Amen. Amen. Because God is bigger than that. So I'm excited. So I wanted to start on this Abram's calling, Abram's journey, the calling of Abraham. This is week one. So, so like I said, I'm like, wow, this is going to go. This is just going to go. We're going with it. So, do we answer the call when God is calling? Yes. Might play that little cool cell phone, God's calling up there. That should be at the very top of your list. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. God calling. Amen. God calling. Hello, God. Are you going to answer? It says, will you answer? Yes. 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 Amen. God calls us in many different ways. So, for many of us, that calling looks very different. Okay? The calling on our lives looks very different. Give me an example, Chris. You could be Billy Graham, or you could be the usher that said to Billy Graham, there's a seat up front, kid. Right. One of them you would think, because we live in human terms, that they did great things. And the other one was just such a small task. But that small task is such a kingdom-building thing. We all have a place in God's calling in our lives. We don't know what that is. Maybe we go to church day in and day out, and you may feel defeated, but your whole mission and calling in life was to raise up your children in the church because one of them is going to become the next Billy Graham. We don't know. Amen. You do kind of know what direction God's calling you in as your life unfolds, but we don't really know that calling until we grab a hold of it, until we're so focused on what God's doing, until we answer the call. And wait till we talk about this call today in, in Abram's life, because when I just... We read through this stuff sometimes so fast. You know, Abraham, God said to this and blah, 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 and they did it. And then you're like, okay, cool. And then you get over here and you're like, wow. And then you have faith. Okay, great. But you missed like major event happening here. 
We're going to talk about that today. I was going to bring out the board because I was going to draw you guys a big map about Abram's journey into Canaan. Maybe I will next week. But, uh, you know, I wrote here, some of us are called to sing, play an instrument, lead worship, be a greeter, be an usher, be a teacher, a leader, a council member, a pastor, an evangelist, etc. The list goes on. There's so many different things that we can do. There's so many different things that we can be called to do. So whether you believe that there's a calling on your life or not, it doesn't mean it's not there. Because sometimes we go for a period of season of time where we're like, you know, I don't really see what God's really doing. You know, and you doubt that there's sometimes that's going on, but you, you can't live that way. So whether you've seen it or not, whether you've heard it or not, whether you realize it or not, there is a calling on your life. There is a constant calling on your life. Because guess what? When you answer the phone and go, yes, Lord, he says, I want you to invite Gabe to church. And Gabe comes to church, you answer the call. But that's not it. There's more. There's going to be more calls on your life. Amen. There's going to be more times that God's going to continue to challenge you to stand up and do the next indicated thing. I love to share that with people. That is what my life is about. My life is about doing the next indicated thing. And the next indicated thing in my life in 2021 was to become a pastor. And the next indicated thing on my life in 2022 was to show up here this first Sunday on my own and deliver a message. And I'm here. And the enemy wants to, to, to get into my head and go, but look, everybody's at home. No. That's okay. That's because they're sick and we've got a pandemic going on. They'll be here next week. Right. They're right. watching at home right now online. I'm yes. not worried about it. No. God gave me my penny outside, devil. <laughs> I'm good. Amen. Okay. So the question I have is, are you ready to answer God's call in your life today? What is that today? Are you ready to do what God's going to ask you to do today? Yes. You know, I remember I was, uh, I remember I was 12 years old sitting in my church and uh, people telling me, like, I remember I gave my life to the Lord. I was 12 years old. It was a, uh, how's this one for you? It was a First Baptist Church, but it was called the First Southern Baptist Church of Whittier. I know that makes no sense. First Southern Baptist Church of Whittier. That's where I got saved, 1992. And I got involved in the church right away. And, you know, I had a little misdirection in my life that went on after that. But people were telling me things like, God's going to use you one day, Chris. There's a calling on your life, Chris. You can be a pastor one day, Chris. You have a lot of... Yeah. You've got that real... But I was a boy! You know? So I was like, okay, great. Right. You know, God doesn't call the qualified... God qualifies the call. That's Here I am, 40 years old, stepping up to that calling. 41. 40 years old, stepping up to that calling. I share a similar experience with Abraham that we're going to share in this story. We're going to start with her. Genesis 12, 1 through 20. Do you ever listen to something and it just doesn't make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to you. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So let's just pause right there. Leave it right there, right? So I didn't bring my whiteboard up here, but I'm going to just kind of show you by hand. Here's like the Middle East Kingdom, Eurasia, okay? Right here is, right here is Israel. Way up here, about four or five, six hundred miles away is Haran. But way down over here is Ur. And this is originally where Abram was from, Ur. From the land of Ur. But he traveled from Ur to Haran when he was young with his father. i got to look it up. I know the name. So, Abram travels all this way. Now he's in Haran. Now, this is the kind of stuff that happens in the lives of people in the Bible that you just read and you glaze right past it. You're like, yeah, I get it. That's what they did. It's, it's in the Bible. I only know one person in the room who's over 75 years old. I know. Now, Probably that person is probably one of the only people, but most of us could identify with this. What would it feel like if at 75 years old, 75 years old, I'm 41, I'm 41, I was raised, I remember giving my life to the Lord, I remember being a teenager, I remember first loves, I remember children, I remember career, I remember a lot of things going on in my life. I know what I did last week, what I did yesterday, everything's going on in my life. And all of a sudden, the Lord says to you, leave your father's house, get out of your country, go here, do this. At 75 years old, it says, Then Abram took Sarah and his wife and his brother's son and all their possessions they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired around and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. He just got up and left. He just got up and went. Can you do that? Can you do that? If God came to you right now, I believe this today. You know, in Moses' time, God spoke through burning bushes. Today, God speaks through the Holy Spirit, through the lives of other individuals, and through His Word. You want to have communication with God? You pray. You want Him to talk back to you? Open His Bible and speak to other believers, because that's where the Holy Spirit resides. In His Word and in His Spirit. Amen? Amen. So if you could tell by having a conversation with somebody that God was calling you to pick up your stuff and leave your father's house and your family and everything you know and travel a great distance from where you are because God's got a plan for you, are you willing to answer the call today? Yes. It's a good thank you. <laughs> Certainly. Answer. Yes. <laughs> okay. I experienced this. Uh, I'm gonna say six years ago. Six six years ago, I experienced this. We were living in La Mirada in Whittier area down in LA. I'd been there, you know, 35 years of my life. My family was there. My grandparents who raised me were there. I lived 22 houses from my grandparents who raised me. Talk about being in your father's house at this time. It's about the same distance, probably. Their tents probably weren't pitched much further than his father at that time. Amen. So, this is the land he knows. He knows everything about it. This is what this was my story. And all of a sudden, one day, I got, I got, I was watching what God was doing in our lives in all these different areas and recovery ministry and people we were impacting. And I could see the way that my wife and I were impacting the lives of those around us. And all of a sudden, my job says, "We want to pay you this amount of money, and we want to give you this amount of money to move, and we're going to send you to San Diego. You're going to take over for our company down there." 
My immediate response was, God is taking us to San Diego and he's doing it through this job. Are we willing to say yes? And we said yes. And that decision put us in the same position three years ago to come here to Yuba City. And we said yes again. And this last year, Mark came to me and we met in, in, in private. And Mark said, are you willing to answer this call in your life? And I said, yes. And here I am today. Amen. And my boss asked me in the last couple months if I would be willing to relocate for our company if ever there's a promotion that opens up. No. And I said, no. Yeah. Because this is where God wants me to be. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God is Amen. good. So I'm, I'm looking at Abraham's story here. And I didn't plan that. I didn't plan that I was going to utilize my journey of that. I just knew that we were going to do New Year, New Beginning. I was going to be in Genesis. And I want to talk about Abraham. That's how God works amazing in our lives, right? So you're never going to hear something come up here usually from me or from any preacher that they're not dealing with in their own life. So when you hear a preacher telling you about their sin and things they want you to deal with, know that that's what they're going through. They're going through it or they've experienced it and they want to help you because that's what we do. I share what's on my heart. I can only share from experience what I deal with and what's going on. So, So they came to the land of Canaan. Let's get back to the scripture here. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terrible tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were there, then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar. I think I spoke on this earlier in last year. Did I talk about building altars in your life? What kind of altars are you building in your life? What kind of altars were you building in your children's life? What kind of altars are you building in your heart for where God has you at right now? Are you building altars in your life? It says there... He built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, something happens here in the story that we just, we, we glaze over. Because remember that he's going to go to Egypt. See, the next thing is, he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. So Abram came from Haran down to Canaan. And the Lord said, this is the land I'm going to give you. This is the land I told you about before you left. Okay? Remember me? Big guy in the sky. I told you I was going to do something with you. Here's that land. But you can't stay here right now. you got to keep going. So he keeps going. He goes south into Egypt. See, sometimes things don't make sense. Sometimes things don't make sense. Because he was told, go and do this. This is what I'm going to do. And when he got there, he didn't stay. God just said, this is that land I told you about. But he still traveled on south. So it says, uh, so, Abram, uh, so Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there. Well, remember, uh, that's what's going to happen to all the tribes later when there's a famine in the land in the future with Joseph. Yes. It says, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there for the famine was severe in the land. So, now he gets there, and he's like, okay, God, I'm here. And then there's a famine in the land, and he's forced to leave. Isn't that a kind of thing where you're like, hey, what's going on, God? Where's my penny? Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- this is the mission. You told me to come here. I just got here. You told me this is the land. Now we're starving, and I have to leave. So he does. He leaves. It says, uh, the fam- so the fa- for the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt, that he said to Sarah and his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, 
This is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will let you live. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake, that I may live because of you. So it was when Abram came into Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman that was, she was very beautiful. The princes of Pharaoh also saw her and committed her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. Now I don't want to go and dive into too much deep to the story there. But this is not this is one of those moments in Abram's life where he lies. He just lied. I'm going on faith, God, to where you told me to go. See, sometimes we listen to these people of great calls of faith and great people of the Bible and Moses and Abraham and Peter and Paul and all this. And we see all these great quality characteristics and we say, man, I'm not like that. But look at these other quality characteristics. Okay? Right in the middle of his promise, he lies because of what? Fear. He lies because of fear because he's afraid he's going to get killed. He didn't trust that God was going to take care of him. And we know that there's going to come a time and again in his future when he doubts his faith, right? Yeah. We'll get to that story later. So, uh, so the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. He treated Abram well for her sake. He had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now, therefore, here is your wife. Take her and go her way. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had. So Abram's journey to the promised land, the land that God promised him, you take a look at this story, you see, it's not always the way that we see it when we read through this stuff very quickly. And one goal that I made for myself was that when we, when I come up here and I hold this in my hand, I want to teach God's Word. I want to spend time diving into God's Word. I want to take a deeper look into God's Word. See, we can do a satellite view from up here. That's what we do when we read three chapters a day really quick. But we're not going to do a satellite view. We're going to do the ground level view. And we're going to get into this stuff and we're going to take a look into these stories because that's the way God intended for this to be. That's what God wants to do with us because God can really get into here and to here when we spend time on that ground level and we really take a look at what's going on in his word. So, so Abram's on this journey. I'm going to go one more time before I get into the bullet points. Here's, he leaves Ur with his father. He's in Haran. He's there for 70 plus years. He's 75 years old. He's already on SSI. <laughs> Okay? He's already collecting his social security check. I'm kidding. Right. If God says move to this land I'm going to give you, he goes 400 miles down south into this land, and when he gets there, God says, yep, this is the place. So he builds an altar there to the Lord, and then a severe famine hits the land. So then he leaves and he goes south to Egypt. He didn't go back to where he came from. I'll give him credit there. He didn't go back to where he knew he just kept going south. He ends up in Egypt. And when he gets there, fear takes over. He lies. So he's experiencing fear of death. Fear of COVID much? Have you afraid of COVID? You know, some of us are. Some of us are. What's going on in his story? His faith gets tested here. So let's look at number one. Abram was chosen by God. Abram was chosen, and he, he had a call on his life, and that call was 
At 75 years old, I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to leave the land that you know. I want you to leave everything and go here. Number two, Abram's faith was tested. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. God tested Abram by choosing and calling him to give up all that was near and dear to his heart. Okay, would you consider those things near and dear to your heart? Your homeland, your father, your cousins, your friends. That tree that you go and you hang out over by that beautiful tree right there. And that hill and that little lake around the corner where you guys fish for the last 27 years. He gave up everything that was near and dear to his heart to answer this call. For an unknown land. And how about this? You know that before we get to this verse in chapter 12, verse 1, that was verse 1. Verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. That's verse 1. We are not informed in scripture anywhere how Abram even came to know God. At all. We don't even know how he developed a relationship with This was it. There's no prior talk of Abram before this. We know who his father is. And we know the bloodline that goes back through, uh, through one of the three descendants of Noah. So we understand the story. But what relationship did Abram have with God at that point? But at 75 years old, he pulled on to this calling and he answers it. Okay? So like I said, in Scripture, we're not really informed about how you know, he came to know him. You know, we look at guys like David, we can say, okay, yeah, David, you know, David, you know, they were, they, they were raised up. They all knew about the tabernacle. That was the Jewish traditions at the time. They all knew who God was. But at this time, it was different. There was no tabernacle yet. This is way back. So number three, Abram is given a promise. What promise, Chris? Well, see, when there's a calling, there's a promise to it. But we don't always hear or see that promise until it happens. But in Abram's story, it's different. It was spelled out for him. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Shall be blessed. God promised Abram that if he trusted his calling, he trusted in faith to leave behind all that he loved and knew. And he did it. He, would, he told him that if you do this, I will bless you and make you a great nation. I will make your name great and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. But you need to pick up all your stuff right now, grab your wife at 75 years old and everything that you have and leave everything that's near and dear to your heart and go right now. And he did. The original word here that we read, it says, and you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yes. The original word there is for families was mishpachah. Which signified a family of people, a type, class, or kind of people or things. I wrote this in my notes. A species of animals, a group of related individuals, otherwise known as a tribe, or a group of related things, a category. But verse 1 through 3 indicated that God separated Abram from his idolatrous family in order to make him and his descendants the messianic nation which would bring salvation to all Earth's families. Not just his bloodline. All the families. That's the families that's spoken of here. Not his family line. All the nations of the earth. Because we know that 
once Christ comes, that there was going to be salvation to the Jews and the Gentiles, which would be everybody, all the families, okay? And that starts here in that promise, when he says that all the families of earth would be blessed by him. That's why they are signifying that the word families there is everybody, because it says all the families of earth, not all the families of Abraham, not all the families of your descendants. It says all the families of earth, so that's everybody. So we're all part of that promise. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Number four on answering God's call is Abram chose to go. He chose to go. I chose to go. And he's scared. I left everything that was near and dear to my heart. I really did. And you know, when I lived in San Diego, I lived about 100 miles from everybody. But the five freeway going through Oceanside from San Juan Capistrano, you don't drive through there on the weekend. No. So nobody wants to go visit you on the weekend. Nobody wants to go to San Diego on a Friday afternoon down the 5 South. Okay? I was 100 miles away. I felt like I was 500 miles away. You may as well put an ocean between us because nobody wanted to go either way. And I was only 100 miles away. And then I made this travel where I went 450 miles up to here. Now I really... But we choose to go. That's what Abram did. He chose to go. Where does it say that, Chris? Well, in verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their positions that they, possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. God is calling on your life today. I don't know what that is. I don't. But I do know a few good things. I do like to say things like this. If you're here at the Rivers Church today visiting for the first time, and you're hearing somebody get up there and say that God is calling you in your life, guess what? God is calling you in your life. Amen. What does that look like, Chris? I don't know. I'm not you. Hang out for a while. Get to know us. Become a part of this fellowship. We'll help you figure that out. Amen. Because if we spend time in God's word, and we spend time in prayer, and we spend time with other believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit, Amen. we'll figure that out. So, you know, we have to answer that call. And I don't know what that call is for you today. But I know that there is a call. And I know that's why you're here today. Every single individual sitting in this room today is here, chosen by God. Let me give you the first call. You were invited by somebody to come to church today, and most likely that individual has the Holy Spirit residing with them. Therefore, the Holy Spirit has invited you to come to church today. And you want to know what your answer was? Yes, Lord, I will go. And you're here. Amen. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, so next week we're going to kick back into this series on the calling of Abraham. And then after the calling of Abraham series, we're going to move into the covenant with Abraham. Wow. So right now we're just working on the calling. Okay. Dale missed it. I was saying I, uh, I, I heard it. I was listening online. Yes. Woo. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> she just had to get in and get her notes real quick. Um, I just want to thank everybody that's here because you don't even do technical difficulties is an understatement 
for the opposition that we were up against this morning to get everything up and going. Yeah. You know, but um, but God is good and God is faithful, and I knew that everything was going to work itself out. See, I know, I know, I know how to carry stress. I'm a very high energy person, and I know how to take stress and wind it up and use it to my advantage. But I also know it's really strange. Like I can get stressed out over the small things. But at the same time, the big stuff like this, I don't get stressed out because I always know that God's in control. God's going to take care of it. Like, I don't worry about that stuff. But I'll sweat small stuff sometimes. I do. Character defect. Chris, your pastor. I will sweat small stuff sometimes. But the big stuff, I'm always like, it's all good. God's going to we're good. <laughs> it, 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 you know, it's, that's one of the things I do. Ask my wife. Big stuff, I'm like, it's fine. Small stuff, I'm like, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, technical technical difficulties was an understatement today. But you want to know something? We showed up. We were faithful. We partook in the Lord's communion. We partook in his word today. We spent some time in here reading, studying, getting to know his word, getting to know Abraham a little bit, getting to know uh, getting to know each other. So I thank you guys for being here. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Yes, thank you, Lord. Father, again, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do here, Lord. I encourage, Lord, right now that you put it on each individual's heart, Lord. 21 days of fasting prayer. We're going to pray over our church. We're going to pray over our community. We're going to pray over what God's going to do, what you're going to do in our life. We thank you in advance for that, Lord. Put it on our heart tomorrow morning to remember we're going to spend 21 days fasting something and praying over our church and over our community, Lord. Thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that you blessed us. I thank you that you taught us something. I thank you that, that maybe you've helped us learn something new or hear something that we hadn't heard before. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for all those faithful in attendance, and I thank you for all those who are sick at home. I thank you for all those who are at home anyways, Lord, and we just pray that you bring them all back to us well, healthy, encouraged, revived, refreshed, ready to go, ready to rock out in 2022, ready to put some boots to the ground and put some work in for you, Lord. We thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. All right. Music Maestro. <laughs>